Welcome to Hidden Park, the podcast. This is episode 27. 27. Yeah. Episode 27. And uh, today we have a super, 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 super special (laughs) guest. Uh, He's also attended Ramapo with us. Uh, So it's me today, Ronak, the usual Swagalati. So I turn into Ronak. And uh, Anthony Dittmine, we have a special guest, William Proda. (laughs) So without further ado, uh-huh. William, introduce yourself. It's give a Brady's a legend. Story. Oh, no, Brady's no, legend. No. Uh, you know, a little first, bit. first of all, make sure to smash up that like button. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Will. Um, I met I met Ronick at Ramapo, but you know where I really met him is like I saw him on a job interview, and literally the first thing I say to the guy, like I see him like leaving the job interview. The first thing I see, I say to the guy who just interviewed him. Because we're all, we're all sitting in like a, a kind of circle. I go, nice to meet you. Like thinking, <laughs> you thought he worked there? No, 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 no. No, like like I saw him there. Like I wanted to pretend like I didn't know him. Oh, so you were like, yo, yo. Blurts out. He blurts out. I know you. <laughs> I'm like, hey. bro. bro that stuff. Quick backstory about this place, bro. Quick backstory. So it was at the the Sheraton, the the one on 17. Yeah. And uh. I go there and the guy was like, we do a lot of government bids and stuff like that. And uh, you, you're going to have to like tell them like, you know, you've been working here. Like com- he's like asking us to lie and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm leaving. I was like, bro, this is whack. Some Indian dude. Right. Yeah. So I'm leaving and uh, I see Will there in a suit or something <laughs> like that. And I'm did you all, did you all get the, where did you guys hear, hear this from? Like the Rampa website? I knew him. It was the, the job. Yeah. Handshake. I knew Will. And I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And I go, the guy goes, oh, this is also another kid from Ramaphone. Will goes, nice to meet you. I was like, bro, I got class with you every day, bro. So, <laughs> Will, to give a little backstory on that, Ronak, like in high school, like if you if you tell Ronak like a single detail about a single person or if he meets any person, even if it's like a friend of a friend of a friend, he will remember that person to no ends. Like he knew everybody's cars in high school. Like he saw a car, like someone like three grades below us. He's like, yo, I know who that is. Like he has like a laser like memory when it comes to like me. No. But I physically knew Will. We had class together. No, I know. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that level, if yeah. you had class together, Ronak would have known. But even if you, like, you saw you in the hallway once, and, like, I was like, yo, Ronak, this is my friend. He'll memorize that person to no end. So, like, nothing goes over his head. I mean, all I know is if I didn't know Ronak and he saw my car, I mean, I, I have no idea what he'd think about me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you drive? Anyway. What does he drive? Ferrari. Anyway. Actually? <laughs> yeah. Lambo. Oh, shit, you're rich. No. Not, anyway, not. anyway, so um so yeah so anyway turned out that will dm me on instagram after that job interview uh we started dming each other jobs because mm-hmm. we're both looking for internships at the time and will dm me our first ever instagram dm he dm me saying something like oh i found this place and it was where we're working now and oh that was your place that you're talking yeah. about no no this is this is after that interview, then he DMs uh, me and I apply to the place and me, Will and another kid got called into the job and they offered all three of us the internship. That's it. And now all three of us are full time. So yeah. if Will didn't, if I, Will didn't communicate with me, yeah, I would not know about reason. The reason why yeah. I did that is right after Ronick was like, yo, if you need a place, this place just interviewed me. 
And like, so I, I like repaid the favor back to him because at the time I had two, not to glow, but I had two interviews lined up. So I kind of felt like, oh, if I don't get the one that, that Rana goes to, it's no big deal because I can probably get the other one. So it really worked out well. And, and you know, I always say that like, you know, I, I was pissed about not getting the $9 an hour job, but then I got something better ended up coming our way. So that, that's great. See, everything always happens for a reason. So. And funny, that's funny tough. add-on. Another kid from Ramapo got that job at the Sheraton. <laughs> at the Sheraton. And turns out, Will and I were working at this place for a long time. We, we're still here. But uh, turns out that that kid, they asked him to lie, how they asked us to lie. And the kid was like, they basically wanted him to say that he's managing a couple of projects. And he's been there for a few years, even though he's only been there for like a month. For what reason? reason to, the reason is, is because they're contracting they're, all of their work is like confidential for the government. And they're saying that they're doing it. Like all the people at the company in reality, they're taking that job and sending it to India and paying people like $1 an hour and getting it done. But technically that's like confidential information. So the kid yeah. was like, I don't want to lie. And the guy was like, okay, you're fired. He <laughs> was like, he fired him. He was like, all of my Ramapo education has led me to this moment. This theory does not, does not, I mean, like he was talking about like ethical values and how he shouldn't lie. And then he was like, F this, I'm out of here, which is good. But it was just funny how it all came up. Like this, this job was, it was meant job. to be. Yeah. Like, Y'all been there yeah. for two years now? How long have you guys been there? Two Almost years. Two it's going to be two years. Yeah. Oh shit. So nice. anyway, so skipping forward, uh, Will is a, a renaissance man. He has his uh, hands dipped in a lot of different uh, entities. Today's focus uh, is going to be uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency. Before everyone that's listening gets bored, uh, understand that blockchain and cryptocurrency is the future. Uh, you hear people talking about it nowadays, like, yo, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Goes to the moon. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But it's much more than that. And Will is actually someone who advises me on cryptocurrency and i started with a mere 800 dollars. just a little backstory uh 800 and you know my account's at 35 four thousand dollars now so so right. we you know will knows what he's talking about and without further ado we'll get into the topic of blockchain and cryptocurrency but more importantly why blockchain is the future well well let me just piggyback on the thought you said people always say like a lot of new technology to people doesn't make sense at the time. Like, why do I need to the internet for anything when I had, when the encyclopedia is right there and I can look up all the words that I want. But as time goes on, people start adopting it. People start, you know, but the world was changed by internet and with blockchain, you know, there's another sort of upgrade to the world's, you know, standard of life and how they conduct financial you know situations and and all of that really so what is blockchain like i know ron just explained it to me before but like in essence of like in simple terms a lot of people just say explain it to me like i'm five years old like explain it i sort of think of it as like just a ledger and people that like all of the nodes validate the ledger so there's and that's what decentralization is and decentralization, like, for example, in Africa, the government is very, very corrupt. 
And a lot of times, like if the government says, oh, you should do this or you should do that, they don't want, they don't trust the government. But if something is decentralized and validated by each node, you know, says, oh, this is legit, this transaction happened for this, for that, for that. A lot of sort of issues with uh, the developing world advancing to the, the, I guess the banked era, if you want to call it that, is just, you know, possibilities are endless. So is it more of like a deregulization, like give the government less power? I know a lot of people talk about like the, with the cryptocurrencies. The point is, is that it's not very taxable and it's kind of like, not like, am I off? I, I'm still uh, I'm asking, like I generally don't know. Repeat the question one more time. Let, let's see. So what's like the appeal of blockchain? Is it because you can own your own product? I know Ronix mentioned to me before like you can own it. The appeal is that like it's a digital asset. Now, right now, the appeal is the government isn't completely, there's like a gray area. But again, in the future, that's going to change when the government and banks start becoming more into the space. Because they, they like right now, like, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, Tesla bought $1.5 billion of Bitcoin. As more institutions start getting into different projects, what you'll see happen is, you know, legislation and government start I, I guess the term would be like legitimizing it and you'll see like regulations pop up, start to pop up because the SEC and other government agencies do not want it to not be taxed, you know, so. One thing uh, just to uh, better clarify is, um, see the foundation of blockchain uh, uh, is, is a big foundation of it, the foundation of it is security. Uh, let me explain. So you have a dollar here, right? Mm -hmm. Who's to say that this dollar is real? Just, yeah, the government, The I guess. bank and the reserve, right? The yeah. ones that print it, they're the ones that say it's real. See, that's one entity, right? So one physical entity can tell me that this is real and fake, correct? Mm -hmm. You get me, right? Yeah, I get you. $100 bill one entity can specifically give me the power to this and one entity has the power to print this right yeah that changes with blockchain with blockchain specifically if we're talking about cryptocurrency like bitcoin it's mine but not only that every node every person every computer that's adding to that ledger is fact checking that ledger so there's no way of of uh our, Sorry, it's, it's not that there's no way because eventually there'll be a way. But as of now, there's not a, a strong way to hack that system, duplicate that system, falsify that system. It doesn't work like that because you're backing it up with every single ledger. So the power of that is that there's not one entity saying, hey, interest rates are low or high. Let's print more money or let's not print more money. That's how it's affecting us as people. I can't just wake up one day and print more blockchain. I mean, limited amount. People are just, I would say they're getting tired of the dollar having negative interest. And I have all this money sitting in my bank account. But by the way, I'm only earning 0.01% from my bank every year. Not only that, but I'm losing money because it's just not like they're printing more money the government is printing more money and they're saying my dollar is worth less every single year. Which, Which is not possible with 
a blockchain system. Yeah. You can't just create more because people said to create more. It doesn't work like that. And also with blockchains, you can do this thing called staking. Now, also with staking, there's this thing called like a 51% attack. So if, for example, a malicious entity could control 51% of the nodes validating each transaction, they could then falsify transactions. But with the way a lot of these blockchains are set up, the security just doesn't let that happen because there's so many you know, I'm staking my coins and my, my brother down the street is staking his coins, you know, it's just impossible to t take control of more nodes than, you know, it's, it's, it's just physically impossible. So the, the, what makes it valuable is that there's a limited amount of, it's, that it can never go down because there's only a set amount of that be able to be mined or to be well, had. For, for Bitcoin, that's the case. There's a limited supply, like they only have 21 million coins and they're they're using a lot of electricity to bitcoin is is proof of work so like the way they validate a transaction is by exerting computing uh exerting computing power to pretty much say oh this is good this is good this is good and adding it to the ledger proof of stake is 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 not is much less energy efficient i mean sorry much more energy efficient as computing power is not spent validating transactions, but uh, the different, all the different nodes that are a part of the network are, are doing that. The, now, oh, sorry, continue. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that one of the first things that I noticed when, when getting into cryptocurrency is the supplies of different coins. So Bitcoin is 21 million, but for example, with XRP, the supply is like 60 billion and the, and the founders control like 30% of that. Mm -hmm. So like when you hear a lot of this moon boy talk that, Oh, Dogecoin is going to a hundred, a hundred dollars and XRP is going to a hundred dollars. A lot of it is just physically impossible because of the way that the supplies of the coins are. So I always say that if you're getting into a cryptocurrency project to just research it and to make sure that you're following good sources so that you know that you're investing in a good project that's peer reviewed and it's going to grow over time. Rather than just listening to a bunch of YouTubers that say, oh, it's going to an irrational amount and you to get think that you're going to get a Lambo and you're really just, you know, I don't know. Just like oh, with everything in life, you should just keep your expectations at like a certain level to where you won't get your hopes up. Makes sense. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times my general rule of thumb is that like when everyone's talking about something, it's kind of too late. Not like all like all the time, but like when everyone is talking about something, like it, it, I don't know. I feel like it, like you have to like be like weary of it. Yeah, my our coworker Jonathan always says this. When everyone is buying, you should be selling. And when everyone is selling, you should be buying because that way you'll always, you know, you'll always be in. So for example, when everyone's selling, you buy in. And when everyone's buying, you sell. So you're, you're a lot of times the sort of, you know, once you hear that, that CNN is talking about weed stocks, you got to get out because you know yeah. it's profit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but just to, just to, uh, elaborate on that especially for the young people um cryptocurrency is not something that 
right now. It's something that you pull out of right now. This is the start of an era, I think, where we're going to see powerful takes on DeFi banking. And we're going to see, for example, banking with cryptocurrencies, lending with cryptocurrencies. Um, so I definitely don't think that it's one of those things that it's too late. I think it's a system that eventually and soon, hopefully, is going to take off. And what I mean is that some coin, see, there's a lot of different coins, right? How there's stocks, mm -hmm. bad example, but there are a lot of stocks. That, there's a lot of currencies, right? There's yen, there's rupee, there's dinar, there's all of them, right? Yeah. And there's different cryptocurrencies. So what we need to realize is how I look at it, at least is what's the use case of each cryptocurrency. So for example, tomorrow, if uh, Apple says we are going to use, we're going to accept Ethereum to purchase iPhones, right? Yeah. Then now Ethereum has a regular use. I can trade it with will and you, but I could also go on Apple and buy it. Right. So more now it's being used to buy realistic things. So I think that, not I think I know that eventually some coin is going to catch on. Right now, because it's a hot boy, it's Bitcoin. Everyone's like Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, on the other hand, as Will knows, is technically, it's slow. Because of the blockchain technology it's on, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes per transaction. Are there faster coins right now? Yes. But those are the ones that have to pick up. You get it? I do think that the institutions will still use Bitcoin as a form of value, but you'll notice as far as currencies and what people are going to use to like do most of their stuff that the jury is still out on that. We're entering the third generation of cryptocurrencies. The first was Bitcoin store of value. The second was Ethereum smart contracts. Now the third, there are things like Cardano, Polkadot. They're building on sort of the, the, the cons with the ones before, they're saying, this is how we're going to solve all the problems. And going off Ronick's other point about um, holding on to these assets, I read a story about a week ago that someone just moved 100 Bitcoin off a wallet from 10 years ago. If he was swing trading that 100 Bitcoin, like, oh, in 2013 or 2014, oh, I'm going to take a $40,000 game and then get out of the space. The fact that he believed in Bitcoin as a, whether he believed in it or not, or just like, for example, just forgot about it. He held on to it and you'll notice that your gains are significantly higher. There's potential for much more is basically what I'm saying. Oh, it's about the long term. So people that are saying that like, oh, it's not sustainable at like 45,000 or whatever it's at today. You have to look at it in like a five-year perspective. Maybe it goes up. Like you have to like, you, you can't get discouraged if there's like a, let's say a month dip. Not, not just that real quick, but I think now is a good time, especially for people that can take a little bit of risk, like young people. It's the time to research coins and their purposes. So I can easily tell you that, yes, yeah, something is going to be, you're going to get 100x. That's a big term that will like 100x your money. But I think the most important thing to do right now for someone that's, that's uh, willing to learn about it is pick a coin. There's a lot of different coins understand the technology as to why it is the way it is. And if you back it up and you think, hey, that's something that I personally, I think that it's going to be used, then you should, you should hold on to it, I think. For example, Will is big on Cardano, these, these new guys. I'm big on Polkadot. 
he invested a couple of grand into Cardano. I invested a couple of grand into Polkadot. Um, and there are reasons for that. They're newer coins, they're faster coins. And overall, like Will said, you can stake them, you can go into DeFi and things like that. I can earn interest as they say, um, but they're different coins that have different technologies. I just think that it's smart to buy a couple of different coins and see where they go from there, but truly back it up. I don't, I don't buy things that I don't back up. I don't, I'm not that person that does options trading. I don't hate anyone that does. Uh, if it's your bread and butter, I respect it. I don't do it because I can't wake up and do that. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, like if you, if you, if someone wants to say, okay, I'm going to leverage trade Bitcoin or I'm going to, you know, sell here and do that make money, this, that, whatever. It's totally fine. There's this thing called market cycles. We're entering now a crypto bull run, which means everything's really going to go up, but we're going to enter a point where everything's going to go down. And the people that hold and the people that, you know, you can sell, but at the same time, the market cycle always gradually sort of goes up. So you will make money over time. You just have to stay strong with it. The, the moon boys like to say diamond hands, but, uh, you know, just, just if you believe in something, when it drops, you should buy more. You should reduce your, your dollar cost average and you should, you know, increase your bag. So what do you recommend, let's say someone like, like us that graduates, just graduated college and don't have a lot of expenses and they're like, they can take risks like Ronick said, like, well, how would you recommend like getting into the crypto game? I know Ronick, they did research and like back one up, but like, how do you fully get into it? Like how, how much research did you do? How much did you put in, be willing to put in? Like, where do you think is like a good place to start? As far as a good place to start, I would just start YouTubing different blockchain topics once you understand the basics, I would just make a reoccurring buy every month. If you put, let's say, like I, like I don't really make a lot of money in my job, to be honest, and I have expenses and I can still see a hundred or 200, you know, dollars every month and just make a reoccurring buy into a coin I like, you know, that's where I would start because if you, if you first start something and you make a big move, you might end up regretting it. So I would always start small, you know, look at the fundamentals, get behind the concept. Don't get too emotionally invested into the coin you're, you're, you like. If it's just Bitcoin, let's say you invest, you know, $100 every month into Bitcoin, no matter what the price is. Over time, you're going to see returns on that. Start small, you know. That, that's what I would. Uh, that's what I would recommend. So uh, I'm glad that we uh, discussed that. I liked Anthony's questions a lot. Uh, good segment on cryptocurrency. Good uh, little overall, uh, giving the youth a little boost onto doing research. Uh, <laughs> for the next topic, uh, Anthony can swing the topic over and uh, talk about some fun stuff. That was fun as well, but fun stuff. Well, more fun. What are we going to next? Do you have anything in mind? Whatever you want to. I do, I do have something to bring up. Uh, Anthony, I know you're a big football guy. I, I, I paid attention to your, you and Ronick's uh, postseason picks. Yeah. And, and sort of how that progressed. I would say, what are your thoughts on next year? What are your thoughts on the – you probably talked about it on a previous podcast, but what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and what he's going to do? Well, I, I was reading today that he's uh, – I was reading – so I was reading today personally that I saw that he – will never play a game for Houston again. So I know that 
I, when I think the M, so I don't know if you follow the NBA at all. So the way the NBA goes is kind of like the last like five or six, let's say 10 to the last five years, five or 10 years since LeBron, I say went to Miami, the players call the shots and kind of hold the leverage. But in terms of like football, I, I feel like we haven't really seen that switch yet. But I think right now, like these quarterbacks are the most powerful like people in like in the sport right now. And you see guys like Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, a couple other guys like demanding to be traded. I think that the Watson personally, if he wants to win, and I saw like there's reports he really wants to win and go somewhere he can be a continual winner. I think like teams that are a quarterback away are like Washington, Denver, San Francisco, stuff like that. But I also see teams like the Jets and Miami, you actually have the assets to go get him because these the Jets have they got two first round picks for Jamal Adams and they have two of their own, the number two overall pick, and they can throw in like Sam Darnold as a sweetener. And I think Miami can do the same with Tua. I heard Carolina all from McCaffrey. I think Watson, I don't know where he ends up. I hope he goes to the Jets, like I said, but maybe I, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up because I feel like I, we never have like the, like that optimism in the last 10 years. So I hope the Jets, but I don't know. What do you think? I Well, I do think it's crazy. Just I, one of the guys I like on YouTube is Brett Coleman. I'm not sure. You probably know who he is. He's a huge Texans fan. It's just crazy to me to see how Deshaun Watson and the Texans went from being literally like a game away from the Super Bowl. They get the Chiefs last year. Hopkins goes away. They're in like a weird religious cult where like the the owner only is Christian. I saw that. They used to be. Together. And there's just a lot of issues with the way they do things. And all they had to do, you you know, Bob McNair, right? I think that's his name or it's his brother. Yeah, it's McNair. The new guy, right? He, he had a meeting with Deshaun. And he pretty much just straight up lied to him. It's like all you have to do is, hey, Deshaun, you're you're our biggest player. Why don't we listen to you and let's move forward with you? Instead, he pretty much flipped them off, and Deshaun's not taking shit. These new players, you know, they, they don't want to be disrespected. They want to be built built around. And, you know, it's, it's just crazy to me. I, I hope that he goes to the Falcons. I think the Falcons can, can uh, flip Matt Ryan – and Julio Jones to the Texans in exchange for Deshaun and just try to build, you know. They already have, um, what's his name, Calvin Ridley. And I guess Julio and Matt Ryan are getting older. So I feel like that'd be yeah. something to be willing to part Will with. Will is just saying that because Will is a, I'm, a I'm Bills a fan. fan. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, want, why, he doesn't want the Jets. Why would he want either. them on the Jets? I know. Oh, Miami. I, I Miami. You should be nervous with the Miami, honestly. That's the team that's the team that's a quarterback. What about Tua Tungavailova? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sold on him. Like, I, I don't think he's done. Well, I think – a lot of cases, like you see a team like the Jets, they can never develop a quarterback. So if you can get a guy that's already has the tools and you have 70 million cap space, like the, the the sky's the limit. I feel like getting the quarterback's the hardest part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Deshaun is a sure thing. If I'm Joe Douglas, I try to do everything to get Deshaun. It's crazy. They got two first-rounders for Jamal Adams. That's, I think it's now it looks good, right? But Jamal yeah. Adams looked terrible last year with like in terms of coverage. Like he was he had some sacks, but yeah, I wanted the Bills to get JJ Watt, but I just read literally before this podcast that he's going to AZ. Him so, and Watt, they're playing the Texans next year too. Watt and Hopkins. Uh, yeah, it is question. What life after death, reincarnation? You guys believe in it? You want to go first or me? I, I can go first. The way I look at it, I sort of think of everything is is mathematically perfect to the point where I don't think an explosion could have made everything the way it is. 
you know, life after death, as far as reincarnation, you know, I, I do think matter cannot be destroyed or created so that there might be some sort of uh, basis to that. As far as like, I, I, I sort of believe in an afterlife. That's the way that I sort of see things. And like, after you die, you become a spirit and then you can sort of, I, I, there's the beautiful thing about life is if we knew what happened after death, we wouldn't be like, we wouldn't have a purpose. Like I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast earlier today. Elon Musk was saying that his life, well, the meaning of life is to pretty much do all that he can to make sure that interplanetary um, civilizations can become a reality. And that he feels that if an, if an extinction event would happen to the human race on earth, that he's the fact that they can cut that, that a human civilization can, can exist on Mars and, and continue what we started here is like, that's what drives him. I, I don't think there's any answer. I mean, I'd like to hear what you guys think with different perspectives. I personally, I guess I grew up somewhat, I grew up religious. So like, I always like, like, I always had Catholicism and like Christianity like shoved down my throat in, a, in one way or another. Like going to church every Sunday, CCD stuff like that. But like I've always thought about this. Like if you ever like, sometimes I like just like zone out and be like, what happens? Like what if there's nothing after? Like it's just like complete darkness because like when before we were born there was nothing. Like who's to say that like we weren't a spirit came back to life and then returned to spirit form? I think it's interesting to like like talk about. Like one would like like it's I find the fact there's multiple religions and stuff like that very interesting and like how there's different belief systems. Like, was it created just for us to feel like there's a like there's a way to like control humanity? Was it created just to make us not question our very existence? Because I feel like we're one of the only obviously like creatures on Earth that can actually like are aware of our existence in in a sense. So I want to believe so, but there's always this like a cast of doubt I guess in my head. But like quick comment before rana goes i actually watched this one video where like there was like a high-ranking hindu person i i don't know like the not really the monk but like the i don't know the term but he was referring to that like jesus is love jesus is all of this stuff that that i think that like the sole message behind all religions are connected even though they might not be the same in, in multiple names, I do feel like that, you know, this idea of good and evil and how do we become good people to, I, I feel like there's some basis behind all of that stuff. It's interesting. I would love to, I, would, I hope there is honestly, like yeah, it would, suck, it would suck if nothing happens. Like, I guess I wouldn't know about it, but that would kind of suck. What do you think, Ronick? Uh Okay, so I definitely believe something is after, but I don't live my life. A lot of religions are based on live a good life now, and I have nothing against it, but a lot of them say, like, do good for the afterlife. Do good for heaven. I don't do good for heaven. If I did good my whole life and still went to hell, so be it. You know what I'm saying? I feel that. So, I literally talked to Ron this, this morning. He was like, oh, if I make it tomorrow. He he was, was, if I'm alive. He was, if I'm alive. Life, like, it doesn't matter. Like he, he just, the way he, he approaches things, like it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to do me. I'm going to, you know, be, be spiritual in my own way. And just sort of 
sort of be an all-encompassing sort of person of like self-improvement I, I really envy that you never know when your last day can be so you gotta yeah. live every day like it is exactly if mine was today at least i could say i was on zoom with anthony and will <laughs> yeah. all right next fun topic which i really like um cars automated electric drive itself do you think that in this life we're gonna see uh people less and less stop driving and i can start with that i genuinely think in this life like in the next 15 to 20 years i genuinely feel maybe even sooner that not 15 to 20 is realistic i think that people are just not going to drive anymore i think that our kids are going to look at us and be like why did you guys ever drive and let me explain technology proves day after day that it's better than human error it can do things greater than it did did tesla have accidents when it was automated yeah but i'm pretty sure it was less than humans um it also drives at a certain speed uh it's very calculated and it's programmable um i think that if everyone on the road had a tesla there would be less accidents um and i'm not just saying tesla i'm saying cars are going to start driving themselves we're going to start seeing a push for that so do you think that there's not going to be cars driving or just we're not going to be driving the cars? That no, I don't think that we're going to be driving them. I think we'll be able to sit in them and get driven like how people are starting to do. I don't think it's realistic. Are there going to be the car heads? Like, for example, I was showing Will a Ferrari that I'm buying today. Are there going to be people that want cars? Yeah. But I think that the general population is heading in that direction. The general population is also heading in direction that like, are we even going to be able to afford these things anymore? And sure, like, look at Uber. I was telling Will today, because I'm looking at buying a Tahoe, Z71 Tahoe, and beautiful car. I went to the dealership today and got it quoted. But it's $800 a month plus a down payment. I can go on, even if I don't get that car and I get a $30,000 car, I'm, if you Uber, uh, Uber pool ride, not regular Uber, like Uber pool where other people sit in your car, it probably is cheaper than what you pay for your car and what you pay in gas. Are there some exceptions? Yeah. But for most people, I genuinely think if they Uber pool to work every day or Uber pool wherever they have to, it'll be much cheaper than taking the train. Um, like for example, the city or uh, uh, paying gas and insurance and stuff like that. It's interesting. I feel like, I don't see why not like technologies. I'm not going to doubt technology. Like if you look technology over the course of like the last 10 years and then you look over a course of a few decades, like I don't see why not. I guess there would always be like, we'd be those boomers that are like people that don't want to step to like this new technology. But overall I think like once something gets going, like a lot of people like tend to just follow. And I feel like if it's safer, like why not do it? So I wouldn't see why that wouldn't be the case. I feel like a lot of people, for example, think of the combustion engine as like this, this person, like there's personality behind the combustion engine. When you turn it on and goes like, and there's, there's this like, like when you get in that thing, it feels like a vehicle, you drive it, it responds well. A lot of people, again, the same thing with blockchain, when, they, when there's this thing of an electric vehicle that drives itself, it's like, oh, I don't really see how that could work. But the reality of it is there's going to be a big network of cars that will drive themselves in a taxi network. It could be Tesla. It could be Uber. Whoever wins that, you know, 
but even when I'm driving to work, there is a productivity window of an hour. My employer is going to say to me, hey, Will, you know, you drive, an you drive a self-driving car to work in the morning. How about you work when you're, when you're driving to work? You know, it, it just becomes another time to be productive. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. There's a lot of transportation sort of ideas that I think are going to happen in the future. For example, like a Hyperloop, which is like a, essentially like a straw and you're peeing that straw and you just go, you can go across the country. very Yeah. And now, now what's interesting and one of the things that I mentioned to you guys before the, the podcast is how I would say like this idea of a virtualized work workplace, like why do I need to go across the country to commute all this this time when I can just do a Zoom and do what we're doing right now and the same thing gets accomplished. What do you think about that, Ronnie? I think that I love that idea. And I think that's what the the whole pandemic, as, as bad as it is, I'm not even going to say was as bad as it is. I think that's something that it pushed. Uh, big, big companies in the city have 10-year leases and the buildings are just empty. But they're still getting work done. They're still being productive. Did it take a couple of months to shift into how do we become so productive? Yeah. But I feel like now we're at that point in time where unless you have something physical to do, for example, one of my best friends, my older brother is a, a, an accountant. Unless he has to go to an inventory account or meet a client, then there's really no point for him to be at work. His company actually said forever, you guys can work from home. Spotify if you're an employee of us and they have a 10 year lease on their, on their building. So it's just sitting there. It's a ping pong room right now. That's it. Um, but I, I, you know, some people like him will be like, no, sometimes it's accounting. You have to go into the field, but in reality, when people start documenting things and everything is proper, you could just meet on zoom, but things like an inventory account and stuff like that, I get it. You have to physically be there, but um, everything is getting automated nowadays, man. The talent pool is decreasing. That's one of the things that I always talk to Will about. People are specializing less. There's less talent. We're coming to this point. I just feel like there's not, people just don't have the skills that they used to. I don't know. That's just my feel. I, um, I, feel, I feel like the entry, the entry level market is just saturated. Like a lot of times in computer science, a lot of the people who just got out into the field can't find jobs because the middle the middle level um, developers got laid off and took all the entry level positions because the entry level positions say, oh, you need five, five years experience in yeah. developing this certain language. And it's like, it's just, it's just crazy to me how, how, like, how can you be an entry level person and have all this knowledge and, and they always want you to be doing your, your, your field work. Well, not field work, but like your, you're you're not training what's the word for it when you're at home you'd be spending all of your time on building your skills and, and doing this it's like no i want to have like a level of a work a work-life balance to the point that you know i i just think it's ridiculous how like employers want to hear this one word that you're spending 24 7 being like a developer and, and furthering your skills. Like, I, I, I think that that's kind of crazy. I agree. I feel like people like over, like over time, like, like, like devote their entire lives to their jobs. 
need to like find that balance because I feel like that's unhealthy and we as people are not just meant to do that we need to enjoy ourselves enjoy friends family and stuff like that so I always feel that people that like send emails at like eight nine o'clock at night just to show that they're working more it's like I hate that like I feel like once it's five o'clock I'm just checked out like I just want to I'm, I'm like people like my boss like i was like gonna like make me stay later i'm like i'm not like it's not what i'm doing like i have a will, life i want to do it will says that but my boy be working overnight shifts oh uh, uh, that's different though <laughs> funny is my my friend works in like wealth management right he was he did it like a rotational program his boss is literally like this lady she's not married she works all the time she's yelling at her whole team at eight o'clock why they're not still working it's like come on guys it's like that's ridiculous yeah i have a question for you what do you feel like in some countries i know they have like work weeks where it's monday to thursday and they have friday through sunday off how do you feel like do you think there should be a better than a nine to five do you think there should be like stagger days off should it be forced like how do you feel like a, a standard work week should be this is my ideal work week four days a week 10 hours a day there i like that better that's i like that better Honestly, you get, you know, you get three days off to relax, reset, you know, maybe even, I think Europe is actually trying to adopt a model similar to that. Like, I just feel like I don't mind putting in more hours a day if that means that I can get off. I feel we don't have enough off time. I feel like people look forward to the whole week till Friday and then you have Friday night and it's like, oh my God, it's Saturday, right? And the next day you're back. The crazy part is doing that and then trying to be like, live like a fit lifestyle in between. It's like you're just so drained when you get home. Like I nap when I get home. It's like I had a bang energy today. I'm fucking wired at seven o'clock. Usually I'm sleeping by now. And it's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it would be much better if you just worked longer and then got more off time. What do you think, Ron? Like I know you're a big proponent of that too. I'm pretty sure, right? You like the four-day four day week week model? No. I don't. Um, no, I I think that work seven days uh, a week. Two I'm hours a capitalist. A no, I'm a capitalist. That the people that want to, I'm not talking about regulation. I'm talking about what a person wants. Um, I think for regulation, thirty to forty hours is good. Like you know, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be allowed to be like full time. You got to work like hundred hours. You know that's crazy. But I think that the person that wants to go above and beyond should. Um, Absolutely. Personally, yeah. me, I would rather work for myself or a project that I back 70 hours a week. And I mean it. Definitely. Then work. Oh yeah. That, just, that was like not the, uh, if that was an option, obviously. That I was, mean, like, but it, no, then if I had to, if I had to choose my, my actual choice would be uh, educate people on productivity, create workflows for every company that boost efficiency and have a three day work week, eight hours, 24 hours. Yeah. I was talking. If someone's productive, really productive, like genuinely productive. And they have 24 hours. Most of your job is done in that 24 hours. Eight hour day, three days, and then you have four days off. I think that is being well, I productive. I think school is like that, right? In, in Ramapo, they would always say, oh, 40 hours a week on school. No, it's literally like 24 hours a week. And we got shit done. Just yeah, spaced out over exactly. the Exactly. You just I, have to be efficient. The, the companies have to teach efficiency. Like See, I, I want to have an office and I don't want you to be in there a long time. I want you to get your work done. I want people and I want to be able to work smart, work hard, but work smart. There's a difference. Accountants work busy season, 60, 70 hours a week because they have to. 
It's not, but yeah. I can't. I can't do that. I can't do that. See, I, I, my boss, like, she's a very lazy worker, and so she'll like, she'll work from like, let's say, get on at seven a.m. and stay until ten. But throughout the day, she'll take all these breaks and like not really work hard and like try to delegate work to other people, not do it. But then she'll make comments to people like, like me, who I work eight thirty to five, but in eight thirty to five, I'm always productive, always getting stuff done. And like, who's the better worker? Yeah, you see her emailing at nine o'clock, but that's because she spaces her workout all day and doesn't actually get stuff done in the time frame she wants. So if you're being more productive in less time, if I find that more valuable than because you're getting stuff done in a timely matter and not wasting time. Look, the way I see it, if you're like a big level executive and you need to work, you know, 13 hours a day, you're a generational mind, let's say you're Elon Musk, you're Charles Hoskinson, you're all these people that like, I don't know, they're, they're, they're working tirelessly because they have to push their, their business and, and make sure they, they make ends meet. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think that for like, you know, the average person, four days a week is good. But for the, you know, for people who want to go above and beyond some, like, I just think it should be flexible. And I shouldn't look at a company for doing four days a week and judging them because they're not meeting the nine to five Monday through Friday standard. I, I'm, I'm a big capitalist. Like, I, I love the idea that, you know, I just feel like I'm more incentivized to work because I'm working less days. I can be more productive on the days that I'm actually working. I can be wired in. And knowing that, like, hey, my Friday's off, I can get lit on Thursday. Or yeah, go, he goes, he's going to Brady's. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't been there for quite some time. It was funny. I always call you on Thursdays, and like, this was the first time I saw you. Like, yo, Rana, I'm with Will, and Rana could be like, bro, you do this every fucking week. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like, there, there wasn't that many people I knew there, and I, yeah. and I always see you, and I'm just like, what up? <laughs> yeah, like honestly, like, I, like, saw there's a lot of times I remember that, but like, it was just fun having a thing to do. Honestly, it was the best yeah. you could do at the time. So that was. The I have another fun question. Rana. We have more time for another one. Yeah, yeah, of course. You think society will regret the time we have no meat? No, repeat that. Sorry. A vegetarian, like vegetarian society. Do you think we'll like rely on proteins from like plants and other stuff and like so, have less reliance? One of the things that I pushed ironic was this thing called Huel. Huel is this food. They call it nutritionally complete food and it's powder. It's very processed food. I think that, you know, there is some... I don't know. I feel like solid food just tastes better, but in this world where I eat my vegan powder all day, shake it up, drink it, like it's just as good, but like, I, I just feel like it just needs to be solid food. Vegan. I think, I think when you say that, I think of space food, like when you see the yeah. powders in those movies. Yeah. I mean, whoever colonizes Mars, they're not going to be eating good food. I can tell you that they're going to be eating like the freaking <laughs> TV dinner is freaking like, like ramen, like <laughs> freaking <Our> lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do think that you know over like the one thing Ramapo kind of made me a little bit more progressive. I, I used to be kind of a libertarian with the way I thought thought things. Uh, this idea of being better to the planet, for example, with beef, the amount of uh, I I believe it's water used to create one pound of beef is like three times the amount of chicken. So it's more environmentally effective to just eat chicken rather than beef or, or cow products. 
I, I think it's beneficial to be vegetarian. I just, I just like meat. <laughs> I'm selfish. I just like meat. You eat meat to, you know, there's this thing that's like, you eat animal muscle to gain muscle. That, that's my theory. <laughs> Ron's gonna come talk about how like there's certain protein. I know he told me like there's certain plants and proteins that have like more protein value than like actual meat. Right, Ron? That is true. Pea protein. Nah, I, 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 I don't force it upon anyone. I just thought that it was time for me to shift. I always have my ups and downs. Like for the last like four years in the given year, at least for like four to five months of the year, I'll be a vegetarian, like not even capping, uh, but through bursts of time, you know, like one month off, one month on. This is like, I've been doing it for like five, five, six months now adding up. And it's just something that I, I think it's cool. You know, I think that it's, you feel different after a month and when your food is fun yeah yeah when you like energy levels are up um and you don't you know your body just works differently you really have to do it for a month and a half to be like wow but i think that the problem most people run into especially in america is that we're a very meat-centric place uh you know i have indian food where there's lots of vegetarian dishes that i'm not vegan by the way i'm vegetarian but there's lots of vegetarian dishes that are, you know, delicious. And we, we like no cap. Yeah. But I feel like people here when they're like vegetarian, like, Oh, what do you eat? Grass or salad? Like, oh, what do you <laughs> eat? Like let you eat salad. And I'm like, nah, bro. Like there's so much more, uh, uh, if you know how to cook, right. Um, and even if you don't now, there's so many places that offer the differences. Like even Burger King has an impossible burger. Like, yeah. I'm not saying go and eat it, but at least, <laughs> yeah. I, um, so yeah i will say when you eat healthy meaning like you eat vegetarian like for example one of my uh, it was a couple weeks ago i had like three shakes of fuel and like a couple plates of vegetables and like i just felt really good like it's almost like when you eat good food your mood is up everything starts getting up and then just your day is better because of it you have to do it i think for like a month and a half and you yeah. physically start to see that there's a difference in your performance, in your energy levels, in your sleep. Um, and the best is your mental state, I think. There's a big difference. Uh, you know, little things like anger. Ronak used to, still is sometimes, gets angry. But oh, um, hmm. no, that's something. You, you know me now. Like, yeah. look at me. I really haven't seen like, you mad in a while. It's been like a long time. I'm not completely putting that on, on, you know, being vegetarian, but it definitely is something that it changes your mood, man. Like you've known me a long time. When's the last time I've, you know, I've been, I've been tight about something and it's been been very calm. I've noticed like, like, like laid back a little. Yeah. But I'm getting my work done. That's the best. Literally like, like a lot of times I'll be working, I'll always be calm. I see people freaking out all the time. It's just calm, level head. You know, you'll you'll get through the problem that comes your way. Now, Will and I, Will and I are that guys at work. Yeah, it's, it's like actually crazy. Mad calm, and then there's people last. Like the other day, some guy at work yelled at me, and Will knows him well. <laughs> he starts yelling at me for no reason, and I just look at the guy. I was like, bro, why are you talking to me like that? Like why are you and will was laughing when i told him but people like people worry about random things and like i don't have enough money i nah, 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 nah. like 
bro, like relax, like chill, bro. Like Maybe it all changes first... when you get married. I don't know. Nah, man. People, uh, it's, uh, look, that was a joke. That's serious. I hope. Yeah, that's that's not how it I, works. I, I will say one thing though, Ron. Here's a question for you: How do you stick to, for example, goals to better yourself? I was able to, for example, start the habit of working out and, and being consistent to that. But there's always small things like, for example, meditation or uh, affirmations or what's another one or um, the Wim Hof method, like just cold showers, like things to just make your life more enjoyable that like, I can't, I can't stick to. But, but, with, but with lifting, I, I don't have an issue doing that. I, I don't know why that is. Do you have any tips to like, for any listeners listening, like how do you solve or how do you work through these sort of, I guess, doubts in your brain that you yeah. can turn this into a habit? Something that I've learned in recently because I was never good with it. Uh, whenever I used to set goals, there were these ridiculous goals. But I learned that set a goal um, and it doesn't matter in the day if you hit the whole goal entirety in its entirety, but you have to at least do a little bit. For example, I'll explain. I never had a problem with meditation. I never had a problem with schoolwork. I never had a problem with focusing. I never had a problem with work. None of that stuff. I had a problem with working out. That was my biggest thing. I, I would do it for like three months straight. I would lose like 40 pounds and then I'd get back to it. Then I'd lose 30 pounds and I'd lose 50 pounds and I'd get back to it. That was always my problem. And I realized that the issue is that when I don't do it for a day, I'll just be like, oh, my whole week is off. Forget it. So what I started to do is I'll be like, look, I can't hit an hour workout today, but at least I could work out for like 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Even if it's 20 minutes, people that study, they're like, yo, I want to study. But then they go home and they're like, nah, dude, no way. I'm tired. I'm not going to be able to watch that hour lecture. I'm not going to be able to read about cryptocurrency because the video is one hour. And I'm like, all right, then just watch 15, 20 minutes. You'll start to see in your little by little day is that little goals lead to big things. That's I, I stay true to that. It doesn't mean you don't mess up sometimes, but it's a little goals. So now I can actually see myself slacking. I could be like, yeah, bro, like definitely. hit a quick 30 minute workout. Like I have the resistance bands right there in my room. I'll be like, bro, just use those real quick, break a sweat. And then I don't expect me to lose it in five you know, days, but it's a process. And I see that I work a lot. People set these stupid goals. I don't want to say stupid, but I'll say not realistic goals, unrealistic goals. And then it just fails. And then people are like, yeah. why did it fail? Or people come up with excuses like, bro, I can't, I can't invest. I can't learn about investing. I can't learn about any of that. I don't have money to do that. And I'm like, bro, like you just spent $40 at Nordstrom. Like put that $40 in an account, bro. Like you're coming up with excuses, you know? Can I jump in real quick? Yeah. So I feel like, like I say back in like high school-ish, like I would be like, I'll be one of those people that like always like compare myself to other people. Like what I don't have, what these people have, like, like we were, we were like the like the like the, the fly guys going to parties and stuff like that. But that didn't matter. Like it used to matter to me. But then once I got it's like going into like senior year into like going into college, I kind of like rinsed that all out. I'm like, yo, high school's over. Like let me just like have a new mindset, just be my own person. So I kind of like became a goal oriented person. Like that summer, I went. I lost like like let's say like forty pounds because I finally got like 
passionate about going to the gym. And I kind of like started doing this thing where I like daily checklists of like things that I want to accomplish. And like, to this day, I still make like schedules every day. Like I'll just be like, work out, go to work, like research something for a little bit, like diversify your, like you said, like your portfolio. Like I started doing that, like do things like a little bit every single day that like motivates you and like makes you feel good about yourself. And like, it's you're not going to see huge chain over like, one day but then you look at yourself like three months ago and like yourself now you're like i'm so much more put together i'm so much more rounded and i feel like that goes a long way just like accomplishing little goals and like delete like checking stuff off a checklist and like kind of just like, makes you feel good about yourself and like i accomplished a couple things today even if it's like the very little things like just going to the gym and hitting a nice pump you know what i'm saying yeah i'm gonna approach things more like that now i'm gonna start with a smaller goal than sort of looking at the big picture. Cause I'd always try to do like super long meditation sessions. And then my head just races. Like sometimes my thoughts are all over the place and I'm just like, I just lose, lose sight of why I even sat down and, and started meditating. I'll start maybe like headspace, do a five minute meditation. Then the next day do a five minute, 30 second meditation. And then I have to try that. I haven't done meditation ever. Yeah. It's, I, I just think that like we live in such a digitized world that you need to sort of take a second to just like just just you just like you just like close your eyes and just like what kick back like how do you do it I'm you like, when, I'm, when I'm with you one-on-one Dimar I'll uh actually I'm not curious about this I feel like that's something no I'm serious I, I used to sit I, I've sat with a couple of people and I've uh I've ran through you know basics and stuff like that because I'm also I'm always learning in life but uh, you know, there's certain basics I could run through, but a concluding thought I like for the whole thing, blockchain, meditation, uh, the future, awesome. everything and NFL, the, 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 the this is the un- underlying thought <laughs> is that everyone in life, people want to have a tree. They want to see a beautiful tree and they expect that tree to just be there. You have to plant the seed and you have to water every day. And every day you see it grow little by little. So if you want to make a million dollars, if you want to help a million people, if you want to be happy, if you want to lose weight, if you want Deshaun Watson to get to the Jets, they have to plant the seed and water it every day. And that's how you get your tree. But you cannot, you cannot say, I want a tree, not plant anything, not water anything and expect to see a tree. That's not how life works. Anything in life, that's not how it works. You wanna learn, you have to learn little by little. You wanna make money, you wanna grow, you have to do a little by little. Plant that seed, plant a couple of seeds, diversify as they say, water it little by little, and you'll start to see the progress. That's how you get there realistically, in anywhere in life, happiness, rich, uh, super smart, little by little. And it grows. And when it grows, you plant another one and you plant another one and you plant another one. But now with this age we're in with TikTok and overnight millionaires, people want to have six trees within tomorrow. And then they don't understand why it's not happening because you didn't water it. I like that. Dude, Ronick has me ready to go through a fucking brick wall right now. I, I know. I feel like I just got, I, I feel like. Always- like if I just go down and watch the Nets game now, I feel like I'm gonna like be wasting time. I gotta like meditate or like find the next the next thing to do to improve myself. I feel like there's never enough things you can do to improve yourself, which I like. I feel like if you get complacent, that means you're not where you need to be. I feel like you always need to have that mentality to like I need to improve myself more because yeah. there's always room to be a better person. 
Yeah, it's just very inspiring the way he speaks. Like I always think, like I have these mala beads. They're they're so I sort. I mean, in in Hinduism, they're sort of like this, uh, this prayer beads. But like you, the way I use them is I sort of set an intention to each bead and to sort of bring it 360 degrees and sort of dot my T's and cross my eyes or the vice versa of that is, um, you know, every day I sort of try to get better and I sort of try to meet my intention, even though I'm not meditating all the time, even though I'm not doing all these things on the side to better myself. You know, what happened to me is actually just when I got home, I broke that. It, I, I, I took my, my mobbies off after a long day at work and it, it's it um it just like shot out everywhere. The, the band broke, the beads went all over the place. I was like crawling on the floor trying to put them back together. I thought that was a bad thing. Like let's say, like when that happens, like oh it's a bad omen or something. But then I looked into it, and then what I what I found was this is a good thing that you're finally meeting your you're meeting your goals and you have to move on to the next thing. So I really appreciate this conversation. I'm, I'm going to really try to, to go on to the next step and uh, to be the best person I can be. So thank, thank you for giving me this platform to, be, to just talk for like an hour about like shit I, I really enjoy. Uh, thank you. You're always welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for real. We're, we gotta now, chill you know, I feel like I never chilled to you. We got to chill. Like we should get food. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to. Facts, facts. And it's 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 us thanking you, bro, for real. You brought your knowledge here. Uh, you know, hopefully all is safe in the upcoming months and we'll loop back around and have you on when your account is not at 15,000, it'll be at 500,000. I'm, ha- I'm happy to talk. Come on, you know, in the future, we can talk about food and, and we can talk about more, uh, not like, 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 like food, like like casual stuff. Like yeah. Will's like, never had juicy platters, and he's never had bogey's uh, hoagies. Oh, bro, juicy! Uh, he's he, he's oh, never God. had either oh, of those. Oh my God, bro! Ju- if you live in Burton County, you haven't had juicy. That like, <laughs> I know someone that drove from freaking um like Camden County, like by Philadelphia area, just for juicy ones. Like that's how good it is. Because Will, Will's we, part of that weird part of Bergen County by Montville. No one's. They look down on us. <laughs> They do, literally. <laughs> they do, yeah. They're like, they're like, ew, Ridgewood, Glenrock, and Fairlawn. Ridgewood, uh, Ridgewood is nice. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but for real, we'll, uh, we appreciate the, the time, for real, for real, and we'll catch up soon, all right, my guy? All right, this was really great. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Take it easy. All right. Are we, this is the end of season one, like we said, or no? I was yes. the season finale? You were the season finale, oh. Cryptocurrency. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was the gift for Will. Cryptocurrency season finale. Thank you. And you guys are gonna see. You guys are gonna see us rise in this. I promise you that. So if, for those who yeah. don't know, we started around like Fourth of July time. We've oh, been consistently like like and I thought every week, every other week, we've been trying to be consistent. Like like Corona's made it tough with like these Zoom yeah. being yeah. in person, yeah. but we're trying to amp it up into like the next level. So we're gonna take a few week break and kind of plan for season two get some like like some big guests we'll have you back of course it was a good t- a good yeah. podcast i want to we want to amp it up and take it to the next levels i feel like we're getting ready for that like once it starts getting warmer out we'll take a few weeks off hopefully these vaccines start uh getting everyone a little more better for covid so we can push us they didn't park the podcast to the next level maybe a little rebranding and stuff word up we thank you guys, guys thank you will thank, thank all y'all all right take for it coming easy. on